Well, no <laughs> need to really do an individual catch-up. Um, Hallie and I both got back from the beach yesterday. Um, recording this on Sunday. We flew in, got to the airport around 3 o'clock-ish, mm-hmm. 2.50, something like that. Um, so we are rather tired. I slept hard last night. I did too. Um, sleeping in my own bed felt amazing. Um, and my dog was very happy that I was home and could sleep with me. Um, but yeah, so if we get a little delirious during this recording, you know why. Because it's probably going to happen. Um, but yes, we flew in for the beach. We had a great week at the beach. Yeah, we ate at some really good places. Um, Dixie, we, we, every time we go to the beach, we always eat at a place called Dixie Crossroads. Uh, we started it, I think, about, mm, not the last time we were at the beach, but I think the trip before last, um, we started going there because we've got some family friends that eat there all the time, and it's so good. That was a really cool place. Uh, North Turn was pretty good because it was on the beach. But that one was my favorite, I think. Yeah. I got a shrimp po' boy, and I never had one before, and it was delicious. Although, I will say the po' boy I got, the shrimp po' boy I got at River Girl was better. Mm-hmm. But I liked that North Turn was right on the beach, and so when you're sitting at your table, you're literally looking out onto the beach. Yeah, and it's not very far from where we were staying. Right. And we went to another place that really wasn't that far from where we were. It's called Down the Hatch. I think I was there before... I've been there once before when I was, like, yeah. really little, and it was okay. Um, I liked it. It was, fu- it was fine. Like, it was a really cool view. Like, it was right near... It the, was on the water. It was on the water. It was near, like, the marina and, like, the bay area. There was, um, Some lots yachts. of... Huh? There was yachts parked right outside. I right know. There. I told Carmen, I said, ooh, look at that yacht. Maybe Rafe Cameron's on there. Gosh, I wish. Um, but I really liked it. I got, like, a, um... A shrimp pasta, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we tried this new ice cream place. We always go to Ritter's Ice Cream, and this time we tried Neighbor's Ice Cream. And they had my Superman ice cream. No one ever has Superman ice cream anymore. And so I was very excited that they had it. It was really good. And then their, like, special thing that every, the, like, what they're known for is having cantaloupe ice cream, and I never would have thought of that as a ice cream flavor, but I tried it, and it was so, so good. So I, had next- a re- I had a really bizarre flavor. So, I got this flavor called Dark Side. It was basically a charcoal ice cream, but it tasted exactly like vanilla, and it did. Like, it was good. It just had a weird texture, but... It was fine. I mean, it was a really cool place. It was in a really nice neighborhood. Uh, yeah. But I um, I sampled that cantaloupe, and it was really good. Um, and so then the next night we went, I got it officially. And it was, it tasted like frozen cantaloupe. It was weird. But I loved it. It was but very relaxing. Overall, we had a great trip. We read um, a lot. We read. We played this, like, title ball game. Um, Hallie and I attempted tennis. <laughs> Did not work. Well, I'll tell... Let's just say I'm not Simone Hicks from All-American Homecoming. Let me tell you how bad it it was. Carmen hit one over the fence, and it almost went into... Traffic. Traffic. And then I hit one over the fence, and it actually hit our rental car. It didn't do anything to it. But yeah. Um, But beside us was this, like, couple, and they... We had seen them on the beach that week. They were with a huge group of people. And it turned out to all be their family. But um, they were doing, like, workout videos next to us, like, on the other court. But they were doing it, like, live. And so we wondered if she was a part of Beachbody, if she was an instructor. Um, so we actually asked her one day. And she's not a Beachbody instructor. She has her own fitness company. Um, and she's on TikTok. Uh, you guys might know her as Jessica Bass James on TikTok. She has Dance Fitness with Jessica is the name of her company. And then she actually has a studio in Knoxville, which is not far from us at all. Um, 
and like it's local so we're very excited they were from knoxville which was really cool and kind of a small world situation um so we're gonna try her studio sometime i feel like anytime we go to the beach we always meet somebody that's like from the tennessee area they're like either from knoxville or they're from nashville one of the two but uh, another funny thing that happened when we were at the beach was i it was like the last day we were there I was walking with mom and dad. I was getting seashells like I normally do. And I saw something floating in the water. (laughs) And I went and picked it up. And I'm not even joking. It was a tiny bottle. It was a full bottle of Fireball. It was just bobbing in the ocean. And I was... Funniest thing ever. I walked up to Carmen. I said, I found the most beautiful shell ever. And I opened my hand and it was (laughs) a bottle of alcohol. It was... eh. Myoma. Um, but yeah, we had a great trip. Um, yeah, I guess we've got something else to talk about from the trip, but it's part of today's episode, so let's get into it. So, hello everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. Um, you might notice that our icon has changed. This will be the first episode, oh no, second. this is the second episode coming out after we've changed it. So last week's episode had a different icon picture, uh, logo, if you will. Um, so you guys might have noticed that change. Um, yeah, we, I mean, you know, we're still learning and we're still growing as a podcast and I think it looks way better. The one that we had was perfect for when we were starting out. But now that we're kind of getting more into it, we've kind of played around with some more things and decided to change our icon. So, as we're learning and growing, things will continue to change. Um, but, yeah, we're very happy with the new icon. I'm, I'm very excited about I think it. it lo- I think it looks really good. Um, I'm trying to get... My cousin really likes to play lots of instruments, music. Um, music is her love language. Um, but I'm trying to convince her to write us a theme song. So, the song that you hear playing is um, from iMovie, so it's free, but I'm trying to get her to give us something to put as a theme song. So, we'll see how that works out. So, Katie, if you're listening, please write us a theme song. Ethan, if you're listening, convince Katie to write us a theme song. (laughs) Um, So, uh, if you can't tell by today's title, we're going to be talking about the enemies to lovers trope and the books that we love that involve that trope um if you've been listening for a while then you know that that trope is mine and Hallie's favorite we talk about it all the time um so we're gonna be talking about that but before we get into that the other thing that we have to talk about from the beach is that Hallie and I went to Books a Million and Barnes and Noble are you surprised don't know why if you are um I bought 13 books I bought 11 Yay. <laughs> so, we spent some money. Um, I bought a lot of shirts, too, but, um, yes, bought lots of books, um, and we're going to give you, like, a beach book haul. Um, so, Hallie, would you like to go first? Yes. So, the, f- um, the first one that I'm going to talk about is actually one that me and Carmen bought together, um, and that is... The Naturals series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. If you've been listening to us for a while, you have probably heard us talk about Jennifer Lynn Barnes and how much we love the Inheritance Games. Well, turns out she has more books. Um, Basically, I believe The Naturals came out first. Or maybe not. Maybe. But um, it's a four book series um, containing The Naturals, Killer Instinct, All In, and Bad Blood. Um, she was, she wasn't doing anything. She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Taylor Swift plug. (laughs) Anyways, um, we're really excited to read those. We originally just wanted to get the first book, but then we were like, but then I decided to get the whole series and Carmen saw me and she goes, are you getting the whole series? And I said, yes. And she goes, you're making me want to get it. She comes back a little bit later and has the whole series in her hands. So, yep. I mean, easy to convince to do something. I mean, we already love her books, so I mean, why not just splurge? 
Anyways, yeah. Natural series. Uh, the next thing that I got was Twisted Love by Anna Huang. This book has been, well, this book series has been all over my For You page, especially on Book Talk. Now, normally, I am not a romance reader. I think I've said that before on the podcast, but I read the back of it and I'm just like, I might as well give it a try. Um, I mean, a lot of people love it, so I mean, who knows? Uh, that's gonna be an experiment for me. Um, I also got The Queen's Assassin by Melissa De La Cruz. Uh, that book has been on my radar for quite some time. You know I love me some assassins and a good fantasy novel. Um, I also got Bone Crier's Moon by Catherine Perdue. Uh, that one I've just seen around in the bookstore and just thought it looked cool, like the cover. Um, I just like the person who does that kind of cover art. I don't remember who does, who did it, but I read the back of it. It sounded really interesting. Again, covers appeal to me, especially if they look good. Uh... I also got the last two books in the Caravel trilogy by Stephanie Garber, um, and that is Legendary and Finale. That trilogy has been on my radar for quite some time. I've heard a lot of people say it's good, um, so I can't wait to dive into that. Um, I also got Heaven Officials Blessing Volume 6 by MXTX. I'm not saying their full name because I can't pronounce it. Um, and then finally, I got Realm Breaker by Victoria Aveyard. Um, this one was kind of a, I have to get it for me because I got, have Blade Breaker before I got Realm Breaker. <laughs> Don't ask me why. I gave you Blade Breaker though. Oh yeah. You gave it to me because I think you, I found a signed copy and couldn't not buy the signed copy. So I gave Hallie my unsigned copy. <laughs> so I just decided, okay, well if I have Blade Breaker, I might as well get Realm Breaker just to kind of even it up. So yeah, I bought 11 books and my wallet is crying. What did you get? <laughs> okay. So as Hallie said, I got the Natural series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Um, I also got her other duology, which is <clears throat> Little White Lies and Deadly Little Scandals. It's like a pageantry mystery, I believe. Um, kind of reminds me of the Summer I Turned Pretty uh, TV show version. Uh, mixed with Pretty Little Liars. So, we're gonna see how that goes. Um, I got my fifth... One, two... Three, four... Yes, five. I got my fifth copy of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Don't judge me. Um, it was too pretty. Not by. I got Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I've been wanting to pick this up. And so I finally got it. Um, I got The Night and Its Moon by Piper CJ. I already had the second book, which is The Sun and Its Shade, because um, I think they had it maybe at McKay's is where I got it. It just sounded good, so I got it, and so I finally got the first book. Um, and then I got Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. Everyone has been raving about this series, so I finally got it. And then I got The Deal by L. Kennedy. I am on the side of TikTok that nobody can shut up about L. Kennedy's books, and so I'm going to try it. They kind of almost give me after vibes, so and I devoured after, so I'm excited to see what the hype is about. Um, and then I got The Princess Bride by William Goldman. Been wanting to read that for a while because I love the movie. I love that and movie. I got <laughs> Haunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. I have been wanting to read it like crazy, but I'm nervous. What is it that Abby said? Um, basically, um, my sister's best friend Abby has read the first day and the second one, and she basically told Carmen when she picked it up, she said, I bid thee farewell. Yes. She's in the back seat, and I was talking about it and, like, reading off the trigger warnings and stuff that are in the inside, and as I'm reading, Abby goes, I bid thee farewell. And I was like, oh, no. Well, it's because... Abby read it a long time ago, and she came over to the house, and she, she likes to come in my room and talk to me about books, and she come in, and she told me some of the stuff that happened, and I was like, oh my, so, yep. good I'm luck. Gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Okay. So, that's all the books that I got. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into today's subject, because it's gonna take a hot minute, and we have to go to church. <laughs> so, um, we're talking about... The enemies to lovers, like books that we love. 
Um, and we're going to talk about different books. We've got the same book list. Um, so we're going to talk about those books and what specifically that book does to aid to that trope. So do they have like a specific enemies to lovers trope that we like? Or do they just do it well? That kind of stuff. So the first one we've got on there is, of course, A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. We all know that this is the, the true enemies to lovers. If you have not read this book... I'm going to have in the description timestamps, so if you haven't read the books, you can skip to the next timestamp. Um, but obviously we know that A Court of Mist and Fury, strictly enemies to lovers, we've got Feyre and Recent, obviously. No doubt in my mind. Um, so this one does do the one bed trope, which we love. Um, but I think Sarah does a really good job of Bringing enemies to lovers, but, like, they introduce you, like, the first book, Reeson's introduced, and she really, like, is enemies to Reeson in the first book. Sarah has this way of making you think that somebody's gonna be the love interest, and then, like, pulling the rug out from under you, like, oh, I'm sorry, did you think they were the love interest? No, it's actually this guy. And it's just wild. So, obviously, Akamath is huge on our list. Oh, yeah. Um, literally, the first, this is your definition of an enemies to lovers, literally, in, like, the beginning portion of A Court of Mist and Fury, Recent literally interrupts Feyre's wedding to Tampon, I mean Tamlin, excuse me, and literally, not even a little bit after that, she throws a shoe at him, so. <laughs> I love it, but her dress was ugly from what it was described, <laughs> I think it was hideous. Um, um, whoa. <laughs> uh, so, obviously that one does a really good job. Um, and another in that series is A Court of Silver Flames. So, oh boy. we have A Court of Silver Flames, which has Cassian and Nesta. Oh, boy. <laughs> Obvi. Um, so, there's your, I mean, they're fighting it from the very beginning, my goodness. Mike. I remember, I didn't actually finish A Court of Silver Flames. I'm going to soon. But from what I read, it was, like, back and forth. It was... They literally, like... Nobody describes it better than Kaven on her TikTok. Like, they're just like, I absolutely cannot stand you, but let's be together. Like, it's so wild to watch them because they just really, like... They still, like, I hate each other. Why are you together? So, they have a really strong push and pull. And I think what's more intriguing is it does kind of have that who did this to you moment. Because Nessa's kind of treated poorly throughout her whole life. And you do find out more of why she is the way she is. And, you know, Cassian really goes to the lengths to help her heal from that. And so, you do have the who did this to you kind of vibes going. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I just, I kind of feel like they work. I feel like they kind of work. Even though they can't stand each other, they really work in that way. I just, I just can't picture Cassian. Like, Caven has ruined Cassian. (laughs) I know, I can't read those books without picturing Caven as Cassian. It's impossible. (laughs) She's ruined it for me. Um... But yeah, they're, they're, the Akatar series set the bar for enemies to lovers. Like, it's, yes, it's, it's there. Okay. Next. Uh, the next one is still in the Sarah J. Moss realm, and that is Air of Fire. Yes. See, here we go again. You think she's going to be with this person? Nope, sorry, she's going to be with this person. Oh, you thought she was going to be with that person? Nope, it's this person over here. Because you go from Dorian to Kaol. Stupid Kaol. To, 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 to Rowan. And yep. there's your other, like, even Air of Fire, they're not together. They don't get together till Queen of Shadows. Yeah. Because with Air of Fire, you've got just the push and pull. They're practically together in Air of Fire. Let's just all, like agree to disagree like they're practically together and like you can't tell me they weren't 
basically together when he sends her off and then when he comes back the way they're treating each other like y'all might as well be dating exactly like, they were in the talking stage <laughs> like air of fire when from like the very first moment rowan was like he was this like very cold stern like couldn't stand aelin no matter what and then aelin is just a personality she's just everything yes. she's very feisty sarcastic um they couldn't stand each other. Air of Fire was their dating stage. Yep. Queen of Shadows was their, okay, well, let's call it official stage. Because in Air of Fire, they do go from enemies to lovers. I mean, like, they go from absolutely, can't, like, hating each other to who did this to you to I bind my life to yours. Wow. Yep. I remember reading the bathtub scene, and I was just like, oh, my God. Gosh. Yes. And here's the thing. I definitely hated myself for this later on in the series, but when Throne of Glass came around, I was really rooting for Aelin and, K and Kale Salad. Ugh. But then Air of Fire rolls around and I'm like, sorry, bye. Rowan White See, has in Rowan has entered the chat. I don't think I ever rooted for her and Kale. I think for the first two books, I was really all for her and Dorian because I, I loved Dorian. I still love Dorian. He is my favorite Sarah J. Moss character. I love him. He's so your much. favorite Sarah J. Moss m male? <laughs> He's my favorite character. Him and Gwen are very, very, very close, but I think he beats out Gwen just because I, he just... <sighs> I love him. Um, so, branching into the rest of that series, Queen of Shadows, obviously, is the official to lover stage. So, really, you could say that Air of Fire and Queen of Shadows together is the enemies to lovers. Because you go from enemies to friends to lovers. Yes. Um, so, obviously, Queen of Shadows is when it actually happens. But I just love, love, love the moment when they're in Erebin's house, whatever you want to call it. And... They're, like, mind-speaking to each other. And she mm -hmm. mentions not having underwear on under the dress. And he hits his knee against the table. I think that's the funniest thing ever written. Like, I physically laughed out loud reading that. And I still laugh out loud when I think about it. It's so funny. They are very much like an old married couple with the way they bicker. Like, there's the whole golden nightgown scene. There is her calling him buzzard. Yes. So, then coming with Queen of Shadows, you also get Manon and Dorian are becoming oh a thing. My they are beginning gosh. to form their enemies to lovers, um, which they, I don't know if they were really ever enemies so much as, like, frenemies. Because I don't think they ever really, like, hated each other. They mocked each other. They were definitely in, like, a word battle. Of course, I think that was during, I think when that was going on, that was during, like, the Valgdorian stage, which, yes. like, princeling and witchling, like, come uh, on. Of course, yeah. They were more in the, like, word battle stage. Like, oh, let's yeah. see who can outwit the other. Um, oh, yeah. And so, branching from Queen of Shadows into Empire of Storms, we then go into Elite and Lorcan. Oh, that is your enemy lovers right there. That was... But listen, I will still never stop talking about the fact, you tell me you got all these powerful people around and nobody can fix the girl's foot. <laughs> like, he relieved the pressure on it, which is great, but now he's going to become human with her, so now he can no longer relieve the pressure on said foot. So, like... Sir. Sir. That's true. Um, and also, going back to, I guess you could say Empire of Storms and Kingdom of Ash, but Lysandra and Adian? Yeah. Kind of. They, they went from friends to enemies to lovers. Because they were friends, and then he just, like, basically called her a slut. And so then you're just like, Adian. Him and I also went from enemies to lovers, like... Adrian, I kind of hate you right now, bud. Um, so, yes, definitely Lysandra and Adian, too, though. But Elite and Lorcan, really, they, they, you know, embrace the one-bed trope several times, obviously. They're so They were kind of just thrown together. They're so stinking. But they're so stinking cute, though. I... It was adorable. Elite is just... I remember, I think we met... I loved Elite, but I felt like her character I feel like we fell met... a little flat. 
I think we met her in Era Fire because she was with like mm-hmm. Manon and all that stuff. And I was just always like, she's very cute. <laughs> I loved her, but I really kept waiting on her to become like. I was waiting on there to be some sort of situation where she would get to join the 13. Yeah. I kept waiting on her to become a witch or something, and it just never really happened. And so I was a little disappointed with her storyline. But I think it works out in the well in the end. I'm not saying it doesn't flow. It flows. Like, there's no plot holes. I just, like, I had it in my head that that's how she's going to end up. And so when she didn't, it was kind of like, oh, well, oh, oh, well, I guess. So. Moving on to another Sarah J. Moss series. We've got Crescent City, Hunt, and Bryce. I just finished Crescent City when we were at the beach, and oh my. (laughs) Yes, Hallie has officially finished, so we can now talk about it. Um... Bryce and Hunt. We're still trying to get there. Like, in in House of Earth and Blood, we're still trying to get there. But they're, it's kind of the same situation as Rowan and Aelin and Air of Fire. Like, you're basically together. Why don't you just admit it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, they literally, in like, I remember reading, like, the chapters where they just could not stand each other. Like, she... Was just like your Bryce needed therapy severely. She, I know she. She needed therapy. My girl goes through a lot. Um, I felt bad for her, but she really went through it. Like Sarah really puts her main characters through the thing, man. I know. Um, like Bryce thought that he was just like some, just a butthole, and then Hunt just absolutely couldn't stand her. Because he thought she was just, like, a party girl and all that stuff. She has layers. She's <laughs> like an onion. <laughs> well, then he thought she was getting drunk all the time. She hasn't drunk since that night. Yep. So you're just like, bruh. Lots of misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. We have the overprotective fae. Well, what is it? Like, the overprotective fae male bullshit. <laughs> That's what they constantly call it in the mass universe. Yeah. But you, he's not fake. But, I mean, you you do have those, like, overprotective male, like... Oh, gosh. What is it she... What is it that she calls him in Rune? I think she calls him Alpha Hole? <laughs> yes, they're Alpha Holes. <laughs> so, you know, that pretty much sums it up. So, yeah. The Moss universe... Sarah's very good at creating enemies to lovers... Very good at putting you through it with the slow burn. See, that's so there's your insider trope. Sarah J. Moss books are, yes, enemies to lovers, but they are slow burn enemies to lovers. They're layered. Very much so. You cannot trust, like, Emily. <laughs> my best friend was reading um, House of Birth and Blood, and she was literally telling me the whole time, I feel like it's going to be her and Hunt that end up together, but I also can't trust it because Sarah likes to give you false hopes on these first men. Yeah. And so she can't trust that Hunt's her guy. So. <laughs> and you know, I don't blame her. Yeah. You never know. I have learned, Sarah J. Moss made me not trust anybody in any book. I know. I'm just always suspicious of everyone. Like, I still don't know what's fully up with recent. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I'm still, like, waiting for that other shooter job. Tell me. Her. Her. <laughs> Don't know what's up with Reason. Don't know what's up with Elaine. <laughs> oh, Elaine's got something <laughs> sus going on. Now, her and Lucian could potentially end up enemy slivers, I guess. If she finally accepts the mating bond. I feel like we're getting off on a tangent. Um, I know it feels like people are like, she's going to end up with Asriel. There's no doubt about it. But no, I, 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 perso- I personally don't want it. Because I feel like it's, I feel like it's too easy. I don't think that that's going to happen just because, like, from what I've seen of, like, Sarah J. Moss interviews, I've watched the way she, like, she really dotes on Asriel, and... Does on everybody. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, I wouldn't see her, I think she has too much of an attachment to Asriel that I don't think she would put him with Elaine. I think she would give him someone like Gwen. 
Hello. Knock, knock. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she would land him with someone like Elaine. I really... Elaine is sus. Something's going on there. Well, you gotta think... Here's the thing. I feel like if you put Azriel with Elaine, it's the easy way out. And that is not Sarah. <laughs> I just really love the idea. Well, see, there you go again. You've got this, like gaslighting first love interest. So while everyone's looking at Elaine, nobody's looking at Gwen kind of situation. Everyone was looking at Tamlin, nobody's looking at Recent. There you go. So you've got these like gaslit... She gaslights her readers. (laughs) For real. Not to mention there's a a bonus chapter with Asriel that kind of fuels the fire to our theory. (laughs) Oh yeah. With the we whole, can't, we can't talk about it, but because you haven't read Silver Flames, did you read the bonus chapter? You told me about it. I haven't told you everything about it though. Don't read them. There, it's the bonus chapter for Silver Flames. You've told me bits and pieces, but anyways, um, yeah, that's just, that's great though. She gaslights her readers. Sarah gaslights her readers. She does. I just well, something sus with Elaine. We'll anyways, just, we'll find out. We'll find out in House of Flame and Shadow. <laughs> ah. I'm so excited for it, though. Anyway. <laughs> we won't find out in House of Flame of Shadow. Because that's Crescent City. You never know. I just... Mm-mm. I don't think it's... We're gonna be... No. Spoilers. Um, anyways. The next book is Pride and Prejudice. I mean, let's talk about the OG enemies. Love your people. Darcy and Elizabeth. Could gravy Miss Daisy. Like, these two. I still like. <laughs> Somebody put on Instagram the other day that was. That said, Darcy basically said, I want to marry you despite your annoying family. <laughs> it was really kind of funny. And I really like. I don't think Darcy ever calls her, like, beautiful. Like, she's supposed to be, like, average looking. And, obviously, Kira Knightley is not average-looking if you go based off the movie. But if you're going based off the book, she's supposed to be, like, average-looking. She's very, like, unlike her sisters, not really looking for a man. Um, And her mother is just constantly trying to throw her at men so that they can get married. (laughs) And... Darcy pretty much all but says, like, your mother's been annoying, your sisters are straight up hoeing it up, but I want to marry you anyways. <laughs> and you're, uh, yeah, I, yeah, they, they have the funniest little moments, but Darcy and Elizabeth are really, like, enemy lovers, because he is a complete dill hole to her in the beginning, and she's like, bruh, for what, like, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. Like, no need to even think that I'm after you. I'm good over here by myself. Um, and so they just kind of, like, fall into each other's hands, I guess. Like, no, neither one of them, like, pursues the other until it's just fine. They just keep having, like, moments of, like, oh, I'm here, you're here, we're stuck together kind of situations. And they just kind of, like, slowly fall for each other. So definitely slow burn. Yep. Um, next. Well, mine's out of order, so you might as well just keep going. From Blood and Ash by um, Jennifer L. Armand Trout. Finally, the first book is good. <laughs> the second book is good. Y'all know I hate this series, but... The third book is horrible, but the first and second book are very, very good, so let's focus on that. <laughs> because, like, while the series has derailed and while I don't appreciate what she's done with the series, the first book was freaking good, and I slammed through that thing. Yes, I will agree with you there. Uh, basically, the enemies to lovers that we're going to talk about is Poppy and... Castile. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Good old Poppy and Castile, man. They. <laughs> I love that trope, though, of him, like, being her guard. And then, like, who did this to you moments galore. Oh, yeah, there's tons of those. And just, like... I... You get on my nerves, but I love you. <laughs> Situations. I then just... there's the whole masquerade with the meadow and the garden. Oh, the garden. The tree. <laughs> the bench. 
the ground, the gossamer gown. <laughs> Gowned? Gown. Hello. Um, yeah, it's great. I honestly, I think it was. I love them. I think it was fine for the, the most part. The first book is good. I said, I didn't say it was bad. I didn't say it was garbage. We're judging off the first book. Did you like the first book? You flew through the first book. Yes, I know. I liked the first book. And I liked the second book. The third book was trash. We're not talking about the third book. We're talking about the second book. We're just talking about the first book. But yeah. Well, <laughs> they, you can technically talk about the second one, too, because they were enemies to lovers twice. <laughs> they became enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers. It's literally. It's back and forth. Uh, yeah. The second time around with the enemies to lovers was wacko. Because the second time around was so stressful. Oh, I know. There were... The second book was stressful in general. It about gave me an aneurysm. They gave me an aneurysm. I Let me like, tell you, though. Like, I may complain about her series, too. But she really pulled the hood over my eyes with the first book. I had no idea that plot-twisting ending was coming. Not a single clue. Like... I knew some. I didn't know 100%. I knew something was up. Yeah, that's like, what I knew. For that to be the reveal, I was like, <gasps> what? I'll never forget when you called me. Uh, well, I'll never forget when you FaceTimed me in your car when you finished it. And you were just like, Hallie. I screamed. I was screaming in my car. She did. Let's just say I got off at 5 o'clock. I had 10 pages left. I stayed in my car at work to finish the thing. And then screamed and then called Hallie. So here we are. But yes. Poppy and Castile, they're a great example of enemy slovers. Definitely slow burn. I think she did a very good job with their relationship in the beginning. In the beginning. Stressing the relationships were... Stressing in the, the relationships beginning. were fine. Like, it was... I had no complaints. In the beginning? Um, in the beginning. It's just the plot that drove me. But anyways, I'm not getting into that. Okay, next. Red Queen. I can't talk about this one. Mm. I guess I can't either. No. Well, you know the main couple, don't you? No, I don't. Well, shoot. Okay, throw Red Queen out. They have a great enemy to lovers. So, for all of you that know, you know. She does very good enemy to lovers as far as... She also did the Sarah J. Moss thing and three off the dang trail. Anyways, um... A Realm of Shadows and Flame by Brit... Well, by B.L. Tell. I guess. Yes. Um, uh, she also pulled the hood over your eyes and made you think she was with this one person. Then he turned out to be a Tamlin. Like Tamlin, and yeah, enemies, lovers, slow burn, lots of red flags. Literally, the literally the enemy goes. I would worship the ground you walk on. I was like, he's beauty. He's grace. Like I love him. There is a very, there is a who did this to you moment. Um, there's. Yes, but it's with a different character. I know it is with a different but character. if you've listened to the interview with Britt and you've read the book, then you know that she originally planned for Renata to end up with a different character and changed her mind. So there is a who did this to you and it's with a character that she did not mean for them to end up but with. But with this, with the enemies to lovers couple that we're talking about, um... There is, they couldn't stand each other to begin with. He constantly, like, I guess. I think he just, liked her. It, you know the, you know how sometimes they'll say, like, boys are mean to you because they like you? That's what's happening into this book. <laughs> he pushed her onto the ground. He might as well shoved her on the playground. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> and, like, I just. And he uh, basic and he pretty much basically said, you stink at fighting. Um, he said, you suck. And do better. And. She did. You don't belong here. And then he was proud. And then things happened. Lots of things happened. Um, and then she dumped Finny Boy's butt. That was funny. He was I, the worst. That gave me Eleven and Mike in season three. I dump your ass. He was so many red flags. Yep. Go read Realm of Shadows and Flame. It's yes. good. Okay. Next on my list... Allie also can't speak to this one either. Um, after by Anna Todd. Let me tell you, you want to talk about enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers? Like, t- 
times that by a hundred and you've got after. Because these people gave me heart attack upon stroke upon aneurysm upon heart attack upon stroke upon aneurysm and over and over again. Let me tell you. I can't. They were enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers to enemies to lovers. And it was just, like, there were moments, this book is very wild. Like, Anna Todd has a way of doing this. So, there were several moments throughout this series where I was done. I was like, okay, they fight too much. This is getting dumb. Like, I can't. They fight too much. I can't do it. But yet, here I am turning the page to read the next chapter as I'm thinking that because you physically like you're so sick and tired of them fighting all the time but you can't put it down and at the exact moment that you're getting tired of them fighting all the time something crazy happens and pulls you back in so it's very smart writing I think um you just constantly stay hooked onto their relationship and obviously I'm I haven't mentioned their names yet oddly enough Harden and Tessa um and the casting. Wow. Anyways, um, so yes, they are very back and forth, and the end of the first book, I gasped out loud and sobbed <laughs> the whole last chapter. I sobbed through the entirety of the last chapter because it was emotional. Um, but yes, Harden and Tessa are definitely enemies to lovers. Like, there's no call. Um, Divergent. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the first book. We're not going to include any of the other books because the rest this of them are garbage. is Four and Triss. <laughs> Definite enemy lovers. I just can't stop thinking about Divergent because of the movie. And fun fact, we actually, I actually watched the movie while we were on vacation because it was on the TV. Well, we watched the latter half of it, but Yeah. yeah. Uh, Four and Triss definitely start out as enemies because, oh gosh, it's been years since I've read it, but they're just... In the beginning, he really, like, I think he thought, well, this girl's gonna, like, become factionless because she it, came from Abnegation, which is, like, the weakest, <laughs> the weakest faction to the one that is the strongest. And in the beginning, she sucked. <laughs> she was awful. She was not gonna make it. And... She pushed herself to make it, and he helped silently from afar. Yes. And there's a scene where it's very much, I guess I would say it's a mix of who did this to you mixed with saving her life. Uh, when Ben attacks her, and yep. he just, like, comes in and saves the freaking day. I love that man with all my heart. Theo James, you can have my heart, sir. Like, wow. Um... But, yeah, enemies lovers in the beginning. We kind of had a one-bed trope a little bit because he ends up taking her back to his place so that she can yeah. sleep safely. Yes, and I think he slept. She yeah. slept in the bed, and I think he slept in the slept floor. on the floor and on the couch or something. Like, he had, like, a little apartment. That's just courtesy. But, like, <laughs> there's your one-bed trope moment. Um, uh, next is... <laughs> so... The next two we have in here are kind of a bit of a joke, but also true. Um, Cursed Child, um, obviously, <laughs> Harry Potter the Cursed Child, you um, do have um, Voldy and Bellatrix. <laughs> you do have Voldemort and Bellatrix. Like! Who created a child. <laughs> want to know when this happened <laughs> uh, what when did they make a child i have no idea see and that's why there's plot holes with this because like it doesn't add up the timeline because she would have to be she would like bellatrix would have had to have been pregnant when Voldemort got killed so like i'm just trying to reason why bellatrix got with a he, man who looks like a snake <laughs> Red flags everywhere. <laughs> Red flags everywhere. Now, if it he looked, doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if he all. looked like a normal human being, if he looked like his fan cast, then yes, I can understand why. Yes. But he just doesn't look 
I so many questions. It's such a um, joke. I would love to sit down with Bellatrix Lestrange and ask her all the questions. Um, but yeah, there's your anime lovers. If you want to branch off of that and do a very Potter musical, <laughs> you do have Ron and Hermione. Um, you oh. have Dumbledore and Umbridge, <laughs> and you have Voldemort and Quirrell. Quirrell. <laughs> so, you know, lots of fanfic. If we want to go on a fanfic, freaking Hermione. But ah, don't get me started on that. Manacled, hello. Yes, Hallie and I joke about a very Potter musical all the time. That's and so you can't not talk about Quirrell. <laughs> We're different, different as can be. I love it. Oh. Um, so going off of Harry Potter, we do have Harry Potter: The Order of the Phoenix. So, um, who was I gonna talk about for Were that? You, Lily and James. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I was like, they're not together. Oh, I kept going through my list of characters. I'm like, wait, they're not together yet. They're not together yet either. Never mind. Um, so Order of the Phoenix, you do have Lily and James, I almost forgot again, um, because you do get to kind of hear about the Marauders' backstory a little bit, and Lily and James hated each other in the beginning. He was a bit of a dill hole. He was horrible to Severus. And he was kind of preppy boy prankster. Want to punch him in the face. Um, and obviously they ended up together, so something happened there. We don't know what because nobody seems to want to make the story about it. We just want to remake Harry Potter. <sighs> I'm sorry. Give us a Marauder spinoff, please. Um, so, that's kind of like all the people or all the couples we wanted to talk about. Lots of enemies to lovers. Lots of drama. Slow burn. One bed trope. Who did this to you? Um, what else do we have? What other kind of enemies to lovers tropes? Dagger to the throat. <laughs> yes. Like, all the enemy lovers tropes that you can think of happened in these books. These are couples that we will ride or die for. Um, so yeah. So based off of that topic, we have decided to play a game. We're, we're going to rank the couples. Um, so based off of that, we have... Uh, Feyre and Recent... We have Nesta and Cassian. We have Rowan and Aelin. Alid and Lorcan. Um, Manon and Dorian. Bryce and Hunt. I'm writing in Chicken Scratch. <laughs> Elizabeth and Darcy. Mm -hmm. Poppy and Castile. Uh... Renata and Calix. Harden and Tessa. Four and Triss. <laughs> the number four. <laughs> um, Voldemort and Bellatrix. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw in Voldemort and Quirrell. <laughs> Since we talked about um, Lily and James. And that's it. Um, there's obviously a couple more, like I talked about Red Queen, but Hallie has not read Red Queen, so we're not going to talk about that couple. Okay. So, alright. I have my ranking. Would you like to think about yours while I gift mine? Yes. Okay. So, who do you have as your number one? Aelin and Rowan. I have Tessa and Harden. Because they're the love of my life. Tessa forever. Number two. Nesta and Cassian. I have Aelin and Ron. Okay. Number three. Feyre and Resand. I have Dorian and Manon. Okay. Four. Uh, Bryce and Hunt. I have Elizabeth and Darcy. Okay. Five. Manon and Dorian. <laughs> Feyre and Resand. Six. Renata and Calix. Nesta and Cassian. Okay. Seven. <laughs> Elizabeth and Darcy. I have Bryson Hunt. Okay. Eight. Poppy and Castile. Renata and Calix. Nine. Elite and Lorcan. I have Elite and Lorcan as my number nine, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, ten. Lily and James. <gasps> Me, too. <laughs> Eleven. Four and Triss. Poppy and Castile. Okay. Twelve. 
Pardon Tessa? Foreign Tris. Solely because I haven't read after. Foreign Tris. 13. Voldemort and Quirrell. Voldemort <laughs> and Bellatrix. Just because I'm freaking interested. And 14. Voldemort and Bellatrix. Solely because. Voldy and Quirrell. Solely because why? Voldy <laughs> and Quirrell. So, in order, mine is Tessa and Harden. That was hard to say, I guess. Uh, Tessa and Harden. Then I have. Where did mine know? Oh, Aelin and Rosen. Rosen. Let me start over. My number one is Tessa and Harden. Uh, then Aelin and Rowan. Then Dorian and Manon. Elizabeth and Darcy. Favorite and Recent. Nesta and Cassian. Bryce and Hunt. Renata and Calix. Elide and Lurkin. Lily and James. Poppy and Castile. Triss and Four. Voldy and Bellatrix. And then Voldy and Quirrell. Hallie, what is yours in order? So mine is Aelin and Rowan, Nesta and Cassian, Feyre and Reeson, Bryce and Hunt, Manon and Dorian, Renata and Calix, Elizabeth and Darcy, uh, Poppy and Castile, Elite and Lorcan, Lily and James, Four and Triss, Harden and Tessa, Voldemort and Quirrell, Voldemort and Bellatrix. Poor Voldy. He's on the bottom. Uh... Uh, uh, he's garbage. <laughs> so, yes, that's kind of all we kind of had planned for today. Yeah. Um, Hallie, do you have any parting words on enemies to lovers? Um, I would say enemies to lovers is probably one of my top three favorite tropes. It's just what's not to love. It's my favorite trope. Like I would rather this trope than any other trope. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions about the books that we discussed or, you know, questions about our book haul or our beach trip or whatever, um, just leave them down below and make sure to rate and review um, and be sure to follow our social medias. They will be linked below. And yeah, I think that's just about everything. Next week... I don't know what we're doing. We might talk about Crescent City next week since Hallie has read it. So <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yes, we will do that. We're going to talk about Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Moss next week. So if you have read it and you would like to join the conversation, um, go, ahead. go ahead and leave questions below about things you would like to hear us discuss or questions you have. Um, we're going to be talking about that, and it will be spoilers. We're going to talk about the whole book. Um, so if you don't want spoilers... I recommend not listening to it. Um, so, yeah. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. That was a mix-up of words. Bye! Bye.